Welcome to the podcast of the Pilates Alliance of Australasia. The PAA strives to continue promoting the expansion of the Pilates method as a professional and valued healthcare and fitness discipline. The goal of the PAA podcast is to explore the many facets and layers of the Pilates industry through conversations with the community. I'm your host, Bruce Hildebrand. Welcome to the show. In the lead-up to the PAA conference happening in September this year, we have a series of short podcast episodes to introduce each of the workshop presenters. On today's call, we have Carla Mullins. A lawyer in her previous career, Carla first discovered Pilates in 1993 and since 2001 has led the Body Organic Studios in Brisbane, as well as offering extensive continuing education programs. Carla has studied a wide range of Pilates courses with the APMA, Pilates ITC and Polestar, amongst many other movement programs, and will be completed with her occupation therapy degree by the end of this year. Carla blends the wealth of knowledge and experience with a unique warmth and humour so that teaching complex ideas can become much more easily understood. Carla's workshop at the conference is titled Hashimoto's Disease and Pilates. Carla, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bruce. Lovely to be here. Could you give us a quick overview of the workshop presentation you have in store for us at the upcoming PAA conference, Carla? Yes. uh, Hashimoto's disease is a disease of the thyroid, and it's a major hormonal disorder affecting mostly women, and it's actually the most common autoimmune disease experienced by women. And strangely enough, a lot of Pilates is taught by women, but also experienced by women. So I thought it was a really good topic to cover. In the course, I start with how the thyroid works and its relationship to the pituitary gland and therefore how that works with your hormones. We all love a good hormonal experience, don't we? (laughs) Now, what it means is for a lot of people is that the thyroid disease Hashimoto's is insidious in its onset. So what happens is people start to have a change in how their body's working, their sleep, their fatigue. They start to feel generally unwell. And what I always laugh when people say that is that they're told you need to self-care, you need to take more time for yourself. And I always laugh at that because I'm like, going, oh, I'll do self-care once I've cleaned the house, fed the family, taken the dog for a walk, done my job and basically dealt with life. And then I can worry about self-care and I, I know I should be better at it, but it doesn't always work like that. And I often find women come to me who've been told self-care and it's really hard to do when actually that the disease like Hashimoto's has actually left them so fatigued, they actually can't even manage their day-to-day function. And when you turn around and say self-care to them, they actually end up feeling guiltier and more burdened by the process. And so what I like to do is get people to actually understand what the disease is and understand that it's not something that you've bought on by yourself. It's not because you haven't looked after yourself better and you should have had more time out at the day spa. And then get them to understand how they can work with their doctors, with medications or food supplements or whatever it needs to be, but then understand how that impacts on their movement. This does affect men, but it is more common in women. When you've got thyroid disease, you're going to have a change to the way your body processes calcium acetonin, or in other words, how you deal with calcium. And this impacts on bone density. And I know somebody else in the conference is actually doing a a lovely workshop on osteoporosis. So this course around Hashimoto's disease works really nicely with that. The other part of this is that Hashimoto's disease can have a whole heap of problems when it comes to 
peripheral neuropathy. And I know Dr. Penny Leite is also doing a great workshop at the conference about peripheral neuropathy. So some of the work that we do in our workshops is going to complement the other courses offered in the conference. Also, Hashimoto's disease can affect people's voice and the way their vocal cords work. And the lovely Fran Hoyt is doing an amazing workshop on voice and Pilates. So again, this is one of these workshops that will help you fit in with some of the great stuff that's happening at the conference. Sounds fantastic. So exciting and inspiring. Can you share with us some background experience and, and was there a specific learning the catalyst to creating the content for this conference workshop? About 15 years ago, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease and it actually took a very long time to be diagnosed. I have a family history, but my eldest sister has Hashimoto's as well. And I had a lot of trouble having doctors take me seriously. I put on 15 kilos in three months and one doctor said to me, I will stop eating so much. I wanted to slap him. And it took me a long time to get anybody to agree to even do a blood test. One GP said, why would we waste taxpayers' money on somebody who isn't looking after themselves? Just don't stop me. So I found a lovely naturopath. She managed to organise blood tests for me. The pathologist rang my GP saying, this woman is in an autoimmune storm. This is a crisis point. And again, people don't realise that an autoimmune storm for something like Hashimoto's is a big problem. And it shouldn't be like that. We should be able to go to our doctors and have ourselves taken seriously. But for me, no one would take me seriously because I was a youngish woman. And what happened was I put on a lot of weight. My hair started to fall out. I started to experience peripheral neuropathy. And it took me a long time to build back up to get that strength again. And I'm quite passionate about having people understand these autoimmune conditions and understanding that even though they predominantly affect women, that doesn't mean they're not important. We as movement teachers can do a lot of work to help people understand how to move better, how to manage their fatigue and build the strength and the self-efficacy to actually live better through looking more positively at their own health and taking control of their own health. Fantastic. In preparation for this call, it was really interesting to look at the wide and wild range of things you completed, Carla, and and what a great combination you're bringing together with all of this information. It's fascinating along the lines of Joseph Pleiter's intent with his methodology, I think, to continue to layer in these things. It's really inspiring to hear you talk about that. For those considering coming onto the workshop at the conference, what will be the top couple of takeaways and ideas or concepts from the session? Goal-orientated work and task-orientated work is probably one of my big passions. I believe that if you understand movement and you understand what your client is wanting, you can modify and adapt and you can develop work relating to this individual. And it's not about working to a formula. I really love to see teachers come out of a workshop empowered to play with ideas and explore ways to make something happen. My greatest frustration when I go to a workshop is being told that there is one truth and there is one way of doing something. No person should ever walk out of a workshop with me thinking that there is only one way of doing something. 
I love to say to people, I teach from my truth and I want you to find your truth in working with people and to feel empowered with play. Make it fun. It can be boring if all we do is the same thing. What do you feel like the key things that the, the participants will be able to apply on the Monday morning immediately when they return to working with their clients? That's an interesting question, isn't it? What I would like people to take away is how to integrate the periphery into their core. So in other words, I see a lot of work is done in Pilates and people think that Pilates is about our centre only and that the centre feeds our periphery. I like to think that the periphery, so our hands, our feet, our tongue and our eyes are actually part of the information that feeds us and allows our body to organise our core. Now, I know that sounds vague, but I like to say that we can bring things and knowledge into our body. And that's actually what makes our centre strong. We work from the outside in, not the inside out. And I think some of the cues and processes that I teach about how to cue from the periphery and how to incorporate the feet, the hands and the head into your work will be a new way of teaching and cueing for many. The sensory information you're involving there, I think it's underrated in terms of the importance of it because it really puts it in the context of functional movement and also obviously speaks widely of the somatic approach to teaching, which is the two-way conversation of both the efferent and the afferent nervous system. So I love each of these topics that you're going to be touching on. And I guess to the other part of it is that I think there's a three-way process. I think there's the efferent and the efferent, but there's also the integration And when we're talking about the hormonal system, like we would with a disease like Hashimoto's, it's how that hormonal system can interfere or undermine our ability to integrate the sensory input and the motor output. Even just the fact that we're aware of that can help us actually change the way we work and interact with these clients so that we're not judging them because they can't achieve certain things or they're not achieving our goals. It's about how we encourage them to achieve their goals and work through the process so they can get a better outcome. Fantastic. I'm excited, Carla. Thanks, Bruce. I am too, actually. It's really interesting. And with your extensive presenting experience, I'd imagine part of the fulfillment is uh, actually seeing how the information lands with the group because it's different every time. Yeah, and working online, there are gifts in the garbage when we work online, and that is we can go back and re-watch it and redo the work and gives you time to think about it at your own pace. Thanks so much for your time on the call today. Look forward to seeing you at the conference. Thank you. There is a membership category for every Pilates enthusiast, where the Alliance provides a wide range of information, resources, and support for everything you want to know more of with Pilates. Help us expand the message of the PAA by sharing with your network of friends and colleagues today so that the Pilates community can continue to be a vibrant and inspiring network for everyone's benefit. You can become a member today by visiting the links in the show notes. For existing members, join us on the PAA Member Forum Facebook page where you'll find an ongoing supply of resources and conversations to continue supporting you and your participation and involvement in the many levels of Pilates here in Australia. The Pilates Alliance Australasia only exists because of the contributions of the Pilates community. If there's a topic or a conversation you would love to share on the podcast, then we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Pilates Alliance podcast. Please leave your comments on the Pilates Alliance members forum Facebook page. Remember, for anyone who is yet to become a member, we'd love to have you put your voice forward for the benefit of progressing Pilates here in Australia.